Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Here we go. As my wife said, it's all about Jesus. And so Matthew uh, chapter 1, this is when uh, Jesus was born. Um, in the Bible, uh, and uh, we're going to read out of the Gospel of Matthew. Um, those of you that like, like Bible study stuff, um, Matthew is a gospel. It is a narrative of the life of Jesus told by Matthew, um, one of his disciples. It's the Bible, not the Bible, but historians, church Bible historians call it um, a synoptic gospel for um, the, you people that like to take Bible notes out there. Syn- syn- Synoptic, synoptic gospel. Sorry, I had to say it right. Everybody say that with me on three. On three, say synoptic. One, two, three. There we go. So meaning there's a certain um, synopsis it follows. Matthew, Mark, and Luke follow a certain theme, the same theme. Uh, The book of John, which is another gospel in the Bible, it, it, it tells the story of Jesus a little differently. So the synoptic is the same synopsis of those three, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So anyway, that's not in my notes. Just thought I would give you a little history there um, to make you think I'm a little smarter than I really am. All right, so Matthew chapter one, verse 21. I'm gonna read this. So um, this is, um, the angel came to, to Mary and told her these things as I just read in, in the book of Luke. But here it is in verse 21. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. All right. Whenever my kids are afraid, I tell them, you got to just say the name of Jesus. I tell them, too, like if if there's there's one person in in your life that you can tell to shut up and that's the devil. That's what I tell them. I say, you know, my daughter is um, seven. My son is five. And and I said, what's what's what what can we tell the devil, kids? I I talked to them last night about they said you could tell him to shut up. I was like, that's right. You can tell the devil because he's going to lie to you. He's going to he's going to tempt you to do some stuff. Anybody ever been tempted by the devil? No, nobody. Wow. I, I have. Uh, so you can tell the devil to shut up. And I tell him, you can tell him, shut up and get out in the name of Jesus. I want my children to understand their authority in Christ. And Jesus, the Savior of the world, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a sinner's death, raised again the third day, and he has, he has paid the price for salvation for everyone. So I want my children to know that this ain't just some Christmas thing in December. You have authority to tell the devil to shut up in Jesus' name. Come on now. Tell them to shut up and get out in Jesus' name. What do you tell them, Nico? Shut up. That's right. You tell them to shut up. Don't tell people to shut up, okay? All right? Um, But you can tell the devil to. Um, And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. My goodness. Every problem in, in life, is, it, it comes down. Every problem in the world, I, I'm here to tell you right now, it, it, you can break this thing down to a sin problem, that we are born into sin, and sin is uh, what is contrary to, to what God wants for us. You know, the wages of sin is death, the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus to save us from our sins. He'll forgive us of our sins. He'll wash away our sins. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, uh, what you've thought um, in thought, deed, or action. In Jesus, you can be forgiven. Um, now, 
All this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And this is Isaiah spoke this. And I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 7. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Um, Say that with me. Say God's with us. All right. Look at your neighbor. Say God is with you. All right. Look back at somebody else and tell them God's with me. And say it one more time. Say God is with us. All right. Um, and so that's what I'm going to talk about here. What does that mean? Like, um, I know it's kind of cute, and there's like a lot of Christmassy stuff about it. You'll see stuff at the stores. You'll see, hear it in songs, and that's all great, and it's, it's awesome. Like my wife said, it's just anybody else out there, you just love the Christmas season. I mean, you don't have to. No pressure, but, you know, okay, just my wife, all right? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, God with us, and I just want to share some things with you this morning take home with you and just what does that mean really in a real practical way in my walk in my life what does that mean that his name would be called Emmanuel God with us all right and I just want to share a few points about that I got four points about what does that mean in my real life and then we'll get on out of here so in Romans chapter 8 Verse, I'm going to share some more scriptures. They'll be up on the screen. But Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39, it says, For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody say, God's with us. All right, and so that word persuaded means to have faith. It's 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 the word faith in the Greek. Um, you know, the Bible says through faith and patience we'll inherit the promises. All right, nothing shall separate us. That word separate means to vacate a relationship or divorce. Nothing in life can separate you from Him. He's with us. That's what it means. All right, here's my first point: is that He's gonna He He is with you through the pain. All right, He's with you. I want you to write that down. I want you to know he is with you through the pain. Because the Bible says in verse 35, Romans chapter 8, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or tribulation is another word for that, is pressure or, or distress, okay? Distress is where you are in a place that you feel tight, you can't quite move. You're like, there's just, you know, that's where the word distress comes from. Persecution is that literally means that somebody's trying to harm you and do wrong to you. Um, I know through life at times we all get persecuted uh, in one way or another, but even that can't separate you from the love of Christ. Or famine, he gets real deep here, nakedness or peril or sword. I mean, these guys in the early church were stripped naked and, and, and whipped and beat, you know, and gone, went through all kinds of things, shipwreck and all this stuff. And he was saying, look, nothing can separate us. God, Jesus came to be with us and nothing can separate us from him. Um, It doesn't say that these things won't happen at times. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anybody had any trouble in this past year in 2019? Yeah, some people just laughing hysterically. (laughs) Right, that was my wife. Hopefully the trouble wasn't me, you know, but... uh, um, but, it, you know, we, we go through life and life happens. And even for those that are walking with God, I'm here to tell you right now that bad things happen to people that walk with God. Can I get a witness? Um, people are going to do you wrong and with no good reason. And you're going to be like, what? what's up with that? 
You ever, anybody ever done you wrong and you're like, what's up with that? What did I do? Right? And then there are those times when you actually did something wrong and you're like, okay, yes, Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. Can I get a witness? Come on, keep it real in here. Can you keep it real? But, but here it is. He's with you through the pain. This is Emmanuel, God with us, is he's with you through the pain. That none, no pain that comes through life can separate you from him. That is not in your walk with God as a Christ follower. Those things are never intended to separate you from him. Actually, God wants to use those things to draw you to him. All right. And so he is with you through the pain. All right. Um, and and I'm here to tell you right now, he'll heal you of the pain of your past. But as you walk with God, things aren't always going to feel good. Things aren't always going to work just the way you want. Things aren't always just going to be how you think they should be. Things aren't always going to um, work out. And, but in and through that, he's with you through it. All right. He's with you through the pain. Has, has God been with anybody through some pain in here? I'm here to tell you the only, here it is, situations in life don't have the authority to separate you from Christ. That's what the Bible says. It can't separate you. can't divorce you, right? It's just like in a marriage. There's trouble. There's, there's situations. There's pain at times in a marriage. All right? I know. All right. Come on now. Come on, married people. Look, keep it real in here for the single people so they know what they're actually getting into. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing, but it's painful sometimes. You know why it's painful? It's the selfishness inside of me. It's painful. To myself. Somebody say amen. All the ladies are like, mm-hmm, yeah, sure is. That's what it is. It's your own selfishness, pastor. But trouble is not a sign that God is not with you. Trouble is not always a sign that God is not with you. Actually, sometimes it's a sign that he is with you. It says right here that, you know, the Bible says in Timothy, Paul told Timothy that um, if you desire to live godly, you will suffer persecution. But I'm here to tell you as God with us, God with us, God with us. He is with us through the pain. Let's say it one more time together. Say, he's with me through the pain. All right, here's the next one in the scripture. Is he comforts you in the waiting. Anybody ever had to wait on God? Does anybody feel like there's something in your life you're like, I'm just waiting on the Lord, right? And he's gonna comfort you in, in the waiting. He's gonna, sometimes we want that thing so bad, God's like, nope, you want it too much. You gotta wait. Come on now. Some people are like, man, I thought this was supposed to be like a good news. Good news. This is Christmas, Pastor Sean. I'm here to tell you, though, how many of you, I just want to speak life and encouragement that when this happens, it doesn't mean that, that, it's God, that it has to take you out of your walk with God or take you out or divorce you from your relationship with God, that you can go through it. He'll be with you in the pain, and he will comfort you in the waiting. He's with you in the waiting. You know, the Bible says, you know, um, you, you know, it's um, through faith and patience we inherit the promises. And so God wants to be with you in the waiting. I believe uh, everybody in here is waiting on something. There's something you are waiting on. My children are waiting so patiently to open those presents. Right? So patient. I mean, they're like, why don't we open them today? Because it's the beginning of vacation. So Nico told me last night. Like he's, he's like, Dada, it's the beginning of vacation, so we should open the presents. I was like, wait, my son. Your, ble no. Your blessing is coming. Through faith and patience, you shall inherit the presents. 
promises that have been inherited. You did nothing to deserve these. They, they are freely given by your father because he loves you. This is grace. <laughs> Horrible life for these, my kids growing up in a pastor's house. Everything is uh, King James. <laughs> if thou wouldest wait, <laughs> is coming. Somebody say he comforts you in the waiting. Sometimes we don't want to be comforted. We want it. You know, can I get a witness? But God with us that, you know, we will walk through things at times. See, the Bible says he is with us in trouble. And so it's a beautiful thing that our Savior would come into our world in our waiting, in our pain, comfort us through the waiting and be with us through the pain. All right. Somebody say, God's with me. That's what this is all about. He's going to, he's going to, he is going to be with you through the pain. He's going to comfort you in the waiting. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Hallelujah. All right. I just want to encourage you with that. Just as my children are, you know, they got to wait for it. It's such a, they're so excited. It's there. It's like right before them. Those presents are right there. I mean, they, they could see them. They could, they, they, it's there. And I'm here to tell you right now, there's some things in your life that's like that. You're just like, man, I could almost touch it. I could almost taste it. And God's like, I need you to, I need you to wait. I need, through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. You know, um, even the Jesus, about Jesus' life, it says that he learned, uh, Jesus, our Savior, learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He had to walk through some things. He had to go through some things. You're going to look back on your life, young people in here, and you're going to be like, man, I am so glad I didn't just get everything I wanted when I wanted it. That, man, I really grew through that. I really developed through that. I really learned to hone in on my skills and my gifts. And my, I'm just, I just want to encourage you here that you got to trust God's hand on your life. Mary was like, how can this be? You know, and the, and the angel said, look, um, with God, it is, it is possible. All right. And so you, you walking with God, trust him in the waiting. He's going to comfort you through it. He's going to comfort you in the waiting. All right? Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Here it is. James chapter 4, verse 10. We'll go to the next one. As we're turning there, do do you guys know what the first point was? What is it? Yeah, he's with you through the pain. Okay, my wife got half of it. It's all right. Um, (laughs) My second point? In the waiting. All right, he's going to comfort you. And I want to encourage you as you turn to James chapter 4, verse 10. But man, that, that's what God does. Is he, 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 he loves to walk with you. The Bible says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. And God isn't waiting for you to get better and distance himself from you. Or, hey, I'm going to be over here while you work it out. Now, we have friends that would do that. Can I get a witness? We have family that might be like, yo, you need to get, you know, we need some boundaries. But God, Jesus, God with us, it's in the pain and it's in the waiting that our Savior, I believe, his heart, our Heavenly Father, actually um, enjoys being with us even through that. 
I, I mean, that is just who God is. Think about even the picture of a son shall be given, a, a child shall be born, a son shall be given, that he actually put himself in our world um, and walked with humanity, even as a man for three years in the waiting before the shedding of blood, before forgiveness. And he had to deal with all the religious crowd. And, you know, but he walked, think about him as a person, Jesus, walking with these 12, you know, and some of them had some issues, man. And he's walking, he walked with Peter, um, who, who had issues with his mouth and, you know, and he was aggressive and kind of outlandish and kind of brash. And Jesus said, nah, man, I want you on my team. I'm going to walk with you, Peter. I mean, he denied him and, you know, and three times and, and, and Jesus still came after him and anointed him. And I mean, he wrote one of the uh, books in the Bible, first, second, Peter, like that's somebody that God walked with through his pain and comforted Peter in the waiting. Now, um, I want you to identify with that this morning, that God specializes in those moments. He's not just a mountaintop kind of God that's just waiting for people to be so-and-so to bless. No, he's with you through it all. Can I get a witness? All right, here we go. James chapter 4, verse 10. Here it is. Um, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. All right, he's going to be with you in the pain, and he wants to walk with you in the waiting and comfort you in the waiting. But I'm here to tell you right now, God with us, what does that mean? That means that God desires for you to walk with him. Humble yourself in his presence, people, and he'll lift you up, the Bible says. And that word lift in the Greek, this is what it means. It means to raise high. It means to elevate. It means to exalt. It means, you know, to open doors, to give you opportunity. As we humble ourselves, he'll lift us up. The Bible says that pride comes before the fall. Pride will push us down. Pride will bring us down. Uh, pride brings destruction to our life. But humility and humbleness before God and others, God's like, man, I'm going to lift you up for that. I'm going to lift you up out of this. I'm going to lift you up. And I'm here to tell you right now that God is with us down there, but he desires to lift us up. This is what the, word, what the word humble means. I'm going to give you the definition. I'm going to read the scripture. And I'm going to give you this definition. I'll give you the next point in a minute. But true, humble means this, true lowliness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. It means true, true, genuine lowliness. It means to dismiss reliance on ourself. All right? It means to empty yourself of, of your ego, right? It's not always easy. We all have egos we have to deal with. Some are bigger than others. Somebody say amen. Don't look around the room. Don't look around the room, right? Anybody ever had to deal with a personal ego in a situation? Pride, right? Well, you know you're wrong and you're not apologizing yet. And then you spiritualize it. And you say, look, I'm working it out. Just spending some time with Jesus right now because I cannot apologize right now. I know I was wrong, but let me work it out. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm working it out. I'm working it out. <laughs> I'm working it out. It's a process. Anybody, you know, um, you know sometimes uh, some, some of us, it's easy. It's like some people apologize quicker than others. I'm not saying they're more spiritual. I'm one of those people, but I'm not saying I'm more spiritual. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, you, but there's something, I mean, this is, this is humble, right? That, that we, that we uh, empty our, this is the Greek. This is Greek. I'm going to teach you something here this morning. Empty ourselves of our carnal, natural, or earthly ego. Empty ourselves. 
That's who God lifts up. That's who God lifts up. People that empty themselves. Sometimes this is an event, right? This is a moment. Sometimes we're in a, was anybody in like a rhythm of humbling yourself? It's like a rhythm. You find yourself, oh man, I need to humble myself again. Every last one of us, there, there, God's no respecter of persons in this. We all have elements of pride or insecurity and it's masked and, and that, that pride is, uh, the insecurity is masked by, by a pride or an ego. Many times an ego is just something we put out there, but really inside we're, we're insecure. We kind of don't feel so good about something. So, 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 so the ego is a, is a mask that we put out there, okay? Can, can I get a witness out there? Anybody relate to what I'm saying here? But, but, but humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He's with you. So when he's with you, humble yourself, and he's gonna lift you up. I'm here to tell you right now, he's gonna lift you up. I believe uh, that we as a community, we are relaunching in the new year, uh, a whole new church. My pastor, some of you are new here, is giving us this church. So we are relaunching January 19th. Come on, somebody. So, but I believe this community and what I, that we as a team and a community, we can always do better. But I believe our pastor has responded to, to the spirit and the heart of how we're doing this. And he trusts. I mean, this pastor that planted this church is trusting us so much. He's saying, here, you can have it. It's yours. And I said, I'll pray about it. How, how long? He's like, not long. Just get back to me next week. So I did. <laughs> um, but we're excited about it. But I believe that is God responding to our, our leaders. I believe it's a compliment to our leaders here. It's a compliment to this community that, that God would um, speak to our pastor and say, man, I feel like God is saying to give this to you. Somebody say, if we humble ourselves... Come on, talk to me here. We're almost done, guys. We're almost done. We got, we got some treats out there. You get your energy back in a minute. But uh, somebody say, if we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. I believe this is something God is elevating us as a community. And I believe it's because partly it's God's grace and his goodness. But I believe that this scripture says, if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, if we remain worshipers, God's going to lift us up. If we continue to worship and humble ourselves, he's going to lift us up. All right, so here it is. I'm almost done with the definition. Humble, true lowliness, dismiss reliance on ourself, empty ourself of ego, all right? And this is what it means. This exalts the Lord, this, this word humble. This exalts the Lord as our all in all and prompts the gift of his fullness in us. I'm gonna read that again because this is by definition, humble in the Greek, humble ourselves. We could all do this more. Can I get a witness? Come on, go, go out of this year humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. Say, God, I need you. God, I want you. God, is there anything I've done wrong to somebody that I need to apologize for? Is there anybody I need to circle back with? Is there anybody I need to bless? Is there anybody that's done me wrong and you're just wanting me to bless them? The Bible says to bless those that curse you. Bless those that despitefully use you. Is there anybody that's done me dirty in 2019? Lord, you want me to get them a Starbucks card or something? Come on now. Come on now. Anybody, think about it. Some of you are like, no, I am not getting that person to start with car. Right? What's the Bible say? Humble yourself. Come on now. Somebody say, humble yourself. I know this isn't a shouting message. Merry Christmas. But humble yourself. Humble yourself. You know, who is it? I'm serious. Find somebody to bless before you get out into 2020. 
Find someone. Go out of this. Um, I was sharing that Bible study on Thursday night. Hey, guys, you, and when we're in transition, we're transitioning from this year to the new year. We're going to end this thing strong. I said, you need to give on your way out. Bless somebody. Be a giver. Give, give, bless. Whether it's even just um, words of life or time. Bless somebody. Bless somebody that's done you dirty. Hallelujah. Can't get no amens on that. Thank you, Jesus. Speak. Y'all prayed for this. You said, Lord, speak to me when I go to church today. And I believe he's speaking to somebody. Is he speaking to somebody? (laughs) All right. Y'all are already on vacation, huh? Y'all stayed up too late last night. That's what happened. Humble. It means to exalt the Lord as our all in all. And it prompts the gift of his fullness in us. We will not truly be full. And satisfied in him until we first empty ourselves of our ego. We won't be full, full and satisfied in him until we dismiss reliance on ourselves. All right? Empty ourselves. Hallelujah. All right. My third point. Here it is. He celebrates with you on the mountaintops. Um, God just isn't a God that's with you in the valley. He is wanting you to soar in life and celebrate with you in your successes. You are not um, an ungodly person because you're succeeding at something. That is a lie from the devil. You need to tell the devil, as I tell Nico too, shut up, get out in Jesus' name. God desires that he bless the work of your hands. God desires to elevate you. He's going to lift you up. He's going to elevate you when you humble yourself. You know, I think sometimes we're scared to be elevated because we don't want the responsibility. Come on now. Come on. Oh, no, I'm just going to be humble. No, it's safe. That's safe for you. That's not humble. That's safe. That's not humble. That's comfort zone. Come on now. Come on. You don't, you know, oh, no, not me. No, no, no. And God's like tapping you on the shoulder. Come on now. He, He did it to Moses. Moses like, no, not me. No, I stutter. I do this. He's like, oh, you stutter? I know that. I got a guy that doesn't. He's going to be your partner. God has an answer for every excuse you have. Merry Christmas. It's my gift to you. That Think about Jeremiah. Oh, don't, you know, I'm scared. Do you know, I, he was scared of their faces. I'm too young. And God's like, I know that. Don't look at their faces. That's what he said. You know, um, every, everybody, in, I mean, the, the people in the scripture, I would call, I mean, Gideon, think about it, He's hiding. God's like, hello, little buddy. Come on out, mighty man of valor. He's like, what? I'm hiding from the Midianites, and you're calling me a mighty man of valor? God wants to lift you up. Don't be scared to be lifted up. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. All right? There's a gospel song my wife and I like, like uh, by um, John P. Key, right? Like, what you hiding for? What you hiding for? Look at your neighbor and say, what you, ask him, what you hiding for? What you hiding for? What you hiding for? We got to do that song. All right? What you hiding for? Right? If you don't understand that, somebody will interpret for you. Tongues and interpretation. What you hiding for? Why are you hiding from what God is calling you to do, brother? <laughs> what you hiding for? He wants to lift you up. He wants to elevate you. Because look at God created you to move up and forward. 
it's, it's, it's in your framework. As a, it is your DNA as a person to, to, to get to a place and, and, got, and to, to go to that next level. Like, you know, it, it's in you. Like, you might be at one place, and then, you, you know, and um, I have a friend in the military. They got to a certain place. Now they're taking an exam. They want to be an officer. Yes, of course you want to be an officer. Why not? It's next. Um, you know, uh, we were created to humble ourselves in the sight. Lord, him lift us up. Because when he lifts us up, it's responsibility. And sometimes he will lift us up into a place we aren't ready for, and he shows us what we need to work on. Come on now. He, he, God, God will flip it sometimes. He'll put you in a place, and you're like, oh, my goodness, am I ready for this? Right? And, and, and he wants to develop you. Some of us, we don't have the option to be developed behind closed doors and everything. He's going to develop you as the boss. He's going to develop you as, you know, he, he's going to develop you on front street. And you're like, shouldn't I like be put away for some time till I get all the impurities out? And God's like, nope, not for you. It's going to keep you humble because it's not about your gift alone. It's about your development of your character. And some of us, we got to develop our character when people are looking at us. And that's a beautiful place to be because it's, it's, it's all the more opportunity to be humble because everybody sees your stuff. They see your gift and your junk. Some of us got drunk in the trunk, or junk in the trunk. <laughs> some of us, some of us drank too much eggnog last night. Some of us, we got treasure inside, but we got some junk in the trunk. Can I get a witness? And God doesn't call you when you have it all together. He'll call you with that junk in the trunk. And he's going to bring people around you to help you work on that stuff, help you get pure and clean of that stuff. And this is the thing. Don't allow your insecurities to resist people that are actually loving you through a process. I'm preaching good on a Christmas service. All right. That has nothing to do with where we're going, but that's what the Holy Ghost is saying to us. Come on, somebody. God wants to. I'm here to encourage you. God wants to lift you up. Humble yourself. Let them lift you up. Let them bring you into a place of influence, responsibility. I said responsibility. Let them, let them put some weight on you. Come on. We need people in the kingdom with weight in the marketplace. We need people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, have the power of God in them, and they're in places of influence in the marketplace, out in this world, in the church world, wherever you are, whatever you're called to do, God wants to elevate you, put some weight on you. Because of the people you're going to touch. Somebody say, lift me up, Lord. All right. True, holy, true lowliness. Humble. He's going to sell, he wants to celebrate with you on the mountaintops. I'm here to tell you right now, there is such, just in this community here, this church, there is such greatness in this room right now. And it's inside of you. There is greatness in this room. And I know the people in here. Not everybody. But there's greatness in this room. Greatness. I said there's greatness in this room. I said there's profound purpose inside of this room. That's why I'm preaching this. Humble yourself. Let God lift you up. He's going to lift you up. There's influencers in this room. And I don't mean just because you're on social media and you got more followers than so-and-so. I'm talking about influence in the world you're called to be in. You are an influencer. You are called to influence. And God wants you to stay humble in his sight and he will lift you up. 
He's in the business of doing that. Can I get a witness? All right, here it is. Last scripture. We're almost done. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. All right, here we go. As we're turning there, um, what was my first point? We're going through this together. Ready, go. He's with you. Yes, he is. He's with you through the pain. Number two, in the waiting. Anybody waiting for anything? Always. <laughs> for real, huh? there's always something I'm waiting on. Lord Jesus. All right, that's so good. But he comforts us. Don't be so preoccupied with the thing you're waiting for and enjoy his comfort in the moment. Don't be so, and I'm, I, I'm just my personality, me as a person, I am very like, I, I'm like always thinking about the future. Like we're going somewhere. I'm, like, I'm always pushing, just my nature. Even as a, when I was um, skateboarding uh, professionally, I was always, I always had my board in my hand. I was always focused. I was always going somewhere. I remember we'd be at skateboard contests. Specifically, I remember a situation in Germany, and we were in an elevator. It was late night, and I was a, um, I was a Christian at the time, so I wasn't partying like my other friends were. But I remember even at night, like we're, uh, people were just kind of hanging out and, and I was young and I, I was just a skate, we call them skate rats, right? Like, I know it's kind of a weird term, but that, you know, you're just, you're just a skate rat. It's all you do, you skateboard. And so even at, you know, even like the contest is in the day, but I'm still like skating around, have my board at night and they're like in the elevator all drunk and I'm like coming back from skating um, on the street. But I, I just, by nature, I'm just a very focused person. I'm very driven in, in what I feel God's called me to do. And sometimes I'll be honest with you, I need to learn how to push the, the thing that I'm called to do aside in moments and just receive his comfort in the moment. Can, can, can anybody relate to me? Um, and, and, and that's something I personally, in the new year, I want to try to do better at. That Because that, um, I want to I make sure I enjoy his presence in the moment and celebrate in the moment with God on the mountaintops. Amen? All right. Here we go. Matthew 28, verse 20. We're almost done. Uh, teaching them. This is after he rose again from the dead. He met with them. They worshiped him. And this is what he said, teaching them. This is what he told them to do. These are the, these, this is the great commission in the book of Matthew. He said, verse, chapter 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things. That's what he's telling them to do, that I have commanded you. And that word observe, here we go, if you're taking notes, it means to watch over. It means to guard, to preserve, to spiritually watch. So God wants us to be those that watch over and guard and preserve what he tells us. I'm going to say this again. God wants us to be people in this year, in this new year, people, people of God, church, brothers and sisters, that we watch over, guard, and preserve what God is saying. That's what he said, teaching them to observe all things. That is, I feel the responsibility that what I do as a pastor is teach you to watch over, to guard and preserve what God is telling you. To observe, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. This is Jesus talking. And lo, here it is. I am with you always. I am with you always. 
Not in the good times and not just in the bad times. I think sometimes people know how to worship in the bad times. Things get good. They get distracted. They get enamored. They, they, and, and, and always, not only, let's stay faithful to God, not only when it's hard and we're pressing into him, but when, it's, when it gets good and you're in this season, this mountaintop season, this, this season that's like, wow, you know, I, I know people that they, they're like, man, I always mess things up when it gets good. Because the, the, the responsibility of stewarding something good scares them. Some people, they, they get in a relationship and they get a good person and then they're like, man, this is too good. I got to mess this thing up. Come on now. Before it messes up, I'm just going to take control of it and mess it up. It's too good. I can't handle it. So I know people come from addiction, a lot of people. And then once they get in a good flow, they get scared. They're six months sober. They're like, uh-oh. Years sober. They're like, uh-oh, last time I fell at eight months. But God wants to empower you. God is with us to celebrate with you in those moments. Shouldn't you stay humble so he can continue to lift you up. Amen. You stay humble in those moments. There, there should be this element of, of um, reverential fear or respect of God and the blessing that we do. We're like, whoa, okay, I want to be careful this time. That's a beautiful thing. But you don't have to be so fearful that you, you ruin it or forsake it because it gets too good. Come on, he wants to celebrate with us on the mountaintops. But he says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He is with you so he can continually empower you to live life progressively. Don't, you, you're not going to stop here. I'm so thankful for where God's brought you, but you don't have to stop here. You don't have to camp out here. You don't have to stay here. God wants to move you forward from glory to glory, from grace to grace. He's with you always, even to the end of the age. God loves you so much right where you are, but he loves you too much to keep you where you are. Here's my last point. When, it, when God is with us, he gives us courage for the future. For the future. He's with you in your pain. He's with you in your waiting. He celebrates with you on the mountaintops. He wants to give you courage for the future. Pastor Sean, what about those things that didn't quite happen? What about those dreams that didn't quite come to pass the way I thought it might? I'm here to tell you, right now he wants to give you courage from the future today that just because that over that's over doesn't mean it's over just because that didn't work out doesn't mean it, it's not going to work out amen sometimes you got to learn how to just man i'm gonna move on i'm, I'm gonna keep moving don't be married to something that's gone amen every head bowed every eye closed let's pray here Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.